Hi, you've reached the Caldwells. Please leave a message and we will get back with you just as soon as we <laughs> Welcome to the RV Work-Life Balance Podcast with your traveling nomadic hosts, Sherry and Russ Caldwell. Hey, that's us. We're living the dream. Working from home, baby. No matter where home is. And you can too. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. So let's start with cheers. Cheers, everybody. Boom. I like it. <laughs> so I, you know, my favorite question, I always say that because it's super cool because we get to do this lifestyle is where are we today? And we are in Butte, Montana at the KOA Journey. It's interesting. It I'll is start with interesting. that. <laughs> so, so we're big fans of Montana. Okay, just to be really clear, huge fans of Montana from our previous uh, travels cross country. But it is um, in Butte, which we've been once before, right? Once yeah, before. like 30 years ago. 30 yeah? years ago, that's right. And uh, so far, it's not been super awesome. It's been unusual. Oh, I don't know. I got to ride the trolley. That okay. was cool. <laughs> you got the fun. <laughs> you did get a cool, fun trolley ride. She, she loves trolley rides. I so. do. Yeah. And it was, it was really good. And what was your favorite thing on the trolley? Well, it was very historic. Butte has this amazing historic district like from the 1880s, mm-hmm. and um, also a very tragic mining history around these parts that I never knew any of this. Yeah, there's a very big visual. Uh, <laughs> when you look at the, the, the mountainside here. The there's, hill, yeah. They have the big structures where the, the mines were set up, and you could see them, so you know where yeah. these mines are. And each one of them has their own body count. Right? Like yeah, lots yeah. of deaths. There's yeah. been fires. There's been explosions. There's just been all kinds of things. And then, um, well, my favorite part, which is kind of weird in retrospect, yeah. but is the Berkeley Pit, which I then took you to. <laughs> the Berkeley Pit, also known <laughs> as one of the super fun sites, the cleanup sites, yeah. right? Yeah. It's kind of creepy. But really kind of awesome <laughs> how do i explain that yeah it's 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 like basically you're paying to go to a toxic waste dump right that's kind of what it's like yeah yeah it's weird but it is so weird because what it is butte montana started as a mining town yeah. and they were tunneling down in the down underneath the earth and bringing all the copper and different valuable metals Butte was known for a time as the richest hill on earth, right? That's right. Tons of mining. Um, but then at some point, the, the, the copper kings decided that they, instead of mining underground, which was very expensive, they started digging these big pit mines. Yeah, strip mining the, strip from the mining. top down, yeah. And there's still evidence of that. I mean, yeah. that's what Butte is, these big hills that have been carved up. Yeah. And they're different colors, and it, and it's amazing. So, it was that big pit mine yeah. that then, because of all the toxic metals and things, became a, a huge Superfund cleanup site. Toxic, yeah. and so they shut it down. And so now that 
big mining pit where they sent men and trucks and beasts and all kinds of things to bring out the ore, carve up the hillside, bring out the ore. Um, it's now because they stopped working on it. I guess there were water pumps in the 10,000 miles of tunnels underneath Butte. Yeah. And once they shut the mining operation down, they stopped the water pumps. Mm -hmm. So all of the... Um, Groundwater. All of the water backfilled into this pit. And so now it's like a thousand feet deep. And it's totally toxic. toxic. Yeah. It's it's weird because there's stories and we won't go too much, but it was enough of a story that's interesting where hundreds of like Canadian geese landed yeah. one year on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And they all died. Yeah. Right. Because of such of the toxic heavy metals and arsenic and uh, just really bad things. So now they have special devices that were well, there? Well, yeah. When you go to the pit overlook, and it's really stunning because it's this weird glowing <laughs> aqua green yeah. color. And then the hillsides are very steep. so that not, And it's all surrounded by a huge fence and chain link on the top. Or chain link fence with barbed wire on the yeah. top, right? Yeah. But in order to keep the birds and animals out of that, because uh, it's instant death, right? Yeah. Um, they have noises that go off all the time. There's these pops and blah, 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 yep. sounds and uh, explosions. gunshots, explosions. Yep. The, the tour guide said that at times they play rock music and it's all an effort to keep animals away right. and keep birds from flying into that pit, into that water. And it, it was so bad after that Canadian geese where thousands died mm -hmm. um, that they now have drones that look like predator birds mm -hmm. so that if they see on their radar the um, a flock of birds coming over, they, they take more aggressive action. Wow. The noises go on all the time. But if there's a flock of birds coming on the radar, they really want to scare they them away. send the drones out, yeah. the predator drones, to scare them away. Yeah, and that's different than the actual, if you Google predator drone, you're going to see, you know, U.S. military drones. But right. these are predator birds. And right. It, and, and that's exactly the kind of stuff that airports have been doing for a while. They use the explosions and certain right. birds. And I've known that for a while to, to because birds, they don't want them getting sucked in the engines. And obviously the birds dying, but of course, potentially taking airplanes down. But this this toxic lake is scary. It could really be, we haven't talked about this, but it could really be a good origin story to a, a you know, a, a super villain kind of thing, right? It totally it, could. It totally could. It's, and uh, I walked out of that place and got back in the trolley and I'm like, oh, I guess that's where <laughs> they hide the bodies, huh? <laughs> yeah, we joked about that. It's like, if you're hiding the body, throw it into that lake because you cannot go in there. You cannot send divers in there. So no. this is not an encouragement to bad people, no. but, no. but Just it as, is, you know. I'm sure everyone thought of this it's pretty creepy <laughs> but it's now not only a super fun site but it's also a place where they collect money to for tourists to come see it which is unusual yeah unusual yeah it's a it's an interesting town let's just say that it's, yeah and, and i think anyone that's in mining mining is always dangerous and they've got a lot of dangerous stories here yeah um so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, but, so in all of that, yeah. I took you around a bit, you trying did. to show you what I learned. 
What was your favorite thing? My favorite you? thing. I'm a huge, you know, film and and uh, TV show buff. Buff, and they uh, they showed they shot uh, the prequel to the Yellowstone 1923. They showed shot a lot of scenes here. Yeah. So when we drove around, we saw the shots where the 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 uh, boxing ring that was outside and there was a bar they go into. So we walked around and, and shot photos. We'll try to put some of those in the show notes down there below. But it's cool. So you get to see where, you know, Montana is used as Montana yeah. for Yellowstone and all the prequels. Yeah. So very it cool. was a stand in for Bozeman yes. a lot. A lot of the signs that they put up were Bozeman. And back if you haven't seen that uh, that prequel nineteen twenty three uh, they, you know, they have still have horses and the introduction of cars is there. So it's yeah. a mixture of cars and, and horses. It's very fun. And so we parked right where some of the scenes were right there on the street. So that was, uh, that was my favorite thing was you driving me around uh, to the best spots of what the trolley had shown you. And, and yeah. I thought that was amazing. So I thought that was great. And that was right on Broadway street downtown Bozeman. Right. I mean, Butte, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they tricked you. You, you believed they it was did. Bozeman. Yeah. Yeah. It was very cool. Yeah. Apparently, they still have studio and production space here in town, or at least they did as recently as August 1st, right? Yep. Because the uh, Yellowstone, the 1923 production company had rented out the Butte uh, Civic Center, which is this huge building that they were using as a production facility. And then when the writers strike when the writers went on strike and TV productions shut down, um, apparently they worked out a deal. The production company worked out a deal with Butte and that civic center. They are going to break their lease, which they were paying $75,000 a month wow. just for that location. Wow. And all their stuff is still in there. They have yeah. the rest of the month to get all this, move all the stuff out. We're big fans of, anyway. of going to see uh, – <laughs> locations where films and movies and TV shows are shot. So it's really kind of cool. And this is pretty recent. This is a prequel that was very recent. So it was yeah. neat to see that. Yeah. Harrison Ford and, and all the other major actors. It was really cool. And it's so fun to watch these shows yeah. as we go across country. We always try to find books or television yeah. shows or movies that kind of is based in the area. And it's interesting. And, you know, that would be a really cool job if you had it, you know. A job on the road, going yeah. around. We saw a movie making production in in New Mexico when we were there. We did. So maybe that's a job opportunity. So that was all to say. That was a big segue. It's been a big week in Butte. We have been exploring, but also we've both been crazy busy with work. I've been on deadline, y'all. <laughs> yeah. So not just any deadline. What kind of deadline was it? No, I was finishing a series of articles for NIRVC, National Indoor RV Centers. And we've mentioned before, that's uh, who you work for while we're on the road here. Yes, yeah. yes. I write for the NIRVC blog. Yeah, and so like in the past, we've done you know quick conversation about what I do, right? And that's what got us on the road was the ability to you know, take my <laughs> desk job and move it on the road. Uh, but really what we thought would be interesting was to talk about um, Sherry's job. And, you know, I, I want to, like, 
toot her horn, so to speak, here. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Uh, but, but she's an amazing writer, okay? And, and she's been writing for a long time. And in fact, I want to start with one of the coolest things. She's a published author, right? She, she has a, uh, an awesome book. It's Women's Humor, The Rebel Housewife Rules. To heck with domestic bliss. That's right. So go ahead and Google that. <laughs> and we'll put it in the show notes. Um, but she's done all sorts of writing, right? So she's written for newspapers and magazines. She's been blogging since before blogging was cool, I'll be honest, right? Long time ago, she's been blogging. <laughs> uh, she's, she's done a lot of travel writing because even before we've done this, we did a lot of travel, whether it was with our family or it was with our, our uh, previous uh, jobs kind of thing. Uh, and then you got into copywriting, which was yep. interesting, right? That yep. was different. Working with a company called AWAI. That's right. America, American Writers and Artists Institute, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a great organization. We'll put that link in the, in the show notes as well. Yeah, because they actually teach people, writers and non-writers, how to get into the business of copywriting, which is marketing yeah. and all kinds of marketing, advertising, all kinds of different writing opportunities. Yeah. So at a time I wanted to make more money. So I went into we marketing and advertising and then ended up doing some coaching and editing for AWAI. Yeah, you're actually, and again, I'm going to say something cool. She's won awards with that organization from writing some amazing pitches and uh, the marketing material she's produced. So she learned a lot with that, but that also drove her career into the, some of the stuff we do today, which yeah. is awesome. And so what did, what did that take us to? So like you did all this. You have this amazing starting a part of the, the storyline here of, uh, mm -hmm. as a great writer. And then we start to go down this path of where we and are today. And then what happened? What happened? <laughs> Tell me what happened. Well, in 2019, we moved from Atlanta, Georgia to Seattle, Washington. And that was a big change in our lives. And so I was exploring some other writing avenues and opportunities. And then what happened? 2020, COVID, boom. And it just kind of changed everything. Uh, 2020, if you remember, was going to be our my gear of international travel writing that was so set up perfectly we were <laughs> we, we had, had all so these many places to so go so many places we were going <laughs> and then like everybody we were all caught off guard with oh i guess nothing's going to happen now so yeah it was yeah. Kind of a bummer yeah so then we had talked about how we ended up being in an rv and taking Russ's job on the road yeah and we'll link we that episode below so if you haven't heard that episode we'll have it in the show notes that's how we kind of got on the road our yeah. origins Story. The origin story. Um, and in that transition, something really interesting happened. This was on our way back from picking the RV up in Des Moines, Iowa. That was the time we still knew nothing about <laughs> RVs, by the way. Nothing. In our first campground experiences. Well, the first campgrounds and every campground since, usually, they, they hand you this campground guide yeah. at um, yeah. check-in, which is so cool. I don't know if, if, you know, you're familiar with these things, but basically, remember those old time um, placemats that they used to have in the restaurants that would have a map of the city, the area, and then all around the edge of the placemat, there would be advertisers, local advertisers. Well, a campground guide is kind of the same thing. 
It's a slick little fold over sheet. It usually has a map of the campground and all she's, their She's holding their the deals. current one we're at right now, by the way, just so if you haven't heard that. It, uh, she loves these things. We have stacks of these things at the rig. So I collect them. <laughs> I have collected them for the last three years because I find them fascinating. I guess that's better than collecting plates and spoons and stuff. This is great. <laughs> we have like pieces of paper, which is cool. And we did talk about these when we were talking about medical emergencies and that's having right. the information at hand. That's right. And the campground guide is a great little resource. You're right. So anyway, uh, we got back to Washington State. We were staying at our favorite RV resort in Washington, which is Fidalgo Bay RV Resort in uh, Anacortes, Washington. Very go cool. Go there. If you're Very going to Washington, cool. go there. It's awesome. Um, but leave some room for us. Yeah, leave a space for us. <laughs> but they have a campground guide. And I was looking at the campground guide. And I noticed, earn on the road. Free stay at top campgrounds. Earn residual income. Connect our customers with small businesses. And it is an ad for southeastpublications.com. And there was a 1-800 number. And I, and I love these little things so much. And I was like, hmm, I'm going to call and find out. And, um, and so for a time, I got a job. And I was working with Southeast Publications. And it was fantastic. And what it was, basically, we would go to a campground for mm-hmm. two weeks. And I would work that job and what it was was updating their their campground guide if they had one like going and talking to the local businesses and attractions and things like that and convince them to put advertising in the campground guide yeah it was a cool sales job to help pay for these awesome maps that she loves so much and so the campground basically gets this basically for free right Mm -hmm. because it's paid for by the advertising right so it's a win-win for everybody yep. right in fact the, the ever all three people the people that get the maps love them mm-hmm. the the advertisers that are putting there they get a chance to sell pizza or repairs mm-hmm. or whatever they're selling and the campground gets an awesome map and stacks of them without having to pay anything right it's, all their information is on one side yeah. and all the community information is on the other it's a really cool setup they are great and it was really fun I mean, I talked about being in advertising and marketing, and for the campgrounds that did not already have a campground guide, I got to design <laughs> the campground guide That's and right. draw the maps. And uh, and in addition to helping the businesses and the advertisers with their uh, advertisements, and we had design help from the company, and and they would actually produce it. Um, but it was a really fun job. We had a so, great time. So that's kind of where we started is you found this and it was really mm-hmm. cool. You even had, I took pictures of, she had a cool shirt with the logo mm-hmm. and I sent her out with her little lunch and she, <laughs> she got to go do this great job. I and sat expo- on Zoom the whole time. I got paid to explore the community. It was great. And talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was totally cool. What's not to love? We were still at that time even learning how to use the rig, we were learning how to where to go. We would go out like two weeks at a time maximum. Yeah, and that stuff. was the assignment. And it was, it was perfect. It checked every box. We got, <laughs> you, like you said, we got paid. We, in fact, there was another benefit. We got to stay there for free. Free wherever we, camping wherever for two we weeks. Went, yeah. We were free while you were there. Yeah. So it didn't cost anything. It was, it was really cool. So yep. if we 
but we speed forward a little bit, right? So uh-huh. we, we, we've talked about in the past where we toured the harbor, as we say. We were learning right. how to do the rig. This was all in Washington State. That's right. We stayed and we were just figuring out our rig and learning how to be, you know, on the road working. And then we decided, hey, we want to go on the road more full time. Right. That was for about six months wow. from like October until we left. We went full-time yeah. in May of 2021. So it was about six, eight months that I worked with them. Yeah. Um, but then as we were making this decision and looking forward to this adventure of living, working, and traveling full-time on the road, and we were still very new to this whole RV lifestyle thing, mm-hmm. um, with Southeast Publications, I, I just needed we needed more flexibility um, where we wanted to go yeah of yeah. where we wanted to go and and um and yeah at the time everything was so new you know the logistics of full-time live work and travel it it's a lot so that was taking a lot of my time when we went through that transition and we were first new on the road keeping everything else going while Russ was working um so yeah, I uh, only worked with them for about six months, I think. Yeah, we and did then, look at like yeah. if we tried to do this across country, which is was our goal. We wanted to see family, we wanted to go to places, and that's where it became challenging. Of like we could hit some of them, but we couldn't do everything, and that's where we said, "Is this perfect for us?" Some people basically like to travel local to where they are, and it's fantastic for them. We made this decision to do lots of travel, and that's yeah. where it became less flexible. So it's not a it's not a bad job at all. It's an awesome job. By it the way. is. It's a lot of fun. It just didn't match what we were trying to do with lots of travel. So so that's southeastpublications.com. We'll put that link in the show. <laughs> we notes. will. Yeah, yeah. It, it's an opportunity that I definitely good experience recommend. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. So. <laughs> what what did that lead us um, to next? Well, as I said, when we first went full time, there were a lot of logistics and getting used to this lifestyle. So that took a lot of time. Um, and we decided during that time, Russ helped Russ basically put together um, our website, Books and Travel USA, which was the basic idea was a blog for our family and friends to keep in touch while we were on the road and let them know where we were and share all that cool stuff. Like we were talking about Butte yeah. and, um, and I'm a big book books person and literacy book advocate nerd. Book, book nerd. nerd. Yeah. I miss my book group that I left in Atlanta, Georgia after mm-hmm. like 13 years together. Uh, so yeah, I, I love finding the books anyway, books and travel USA blog. Um, and then, yeah, Something weird happened with that. Yeah. So <laughs> so we hit the road and we're we're trying to, you know, collapse a little bit of this story. But yeah. you know, at that point when you're on the road, we've talked about that things break on the R V, right? And so a lot of it we've tried to figure out how to fix ourselves, but occasionally things break that are above my qualifications. And so at that point we are trying to figure out how to get a fix. And so we had to go to uh, a location to get a fix and we're big fans, uh and we were researching we found an IRVC. Right. Mm-hmm. Because they had at the time five different service centers, locations all across the country, mostly on the southern part of the country. Um, 
But we figured if we were traveling full time, well, that would be great because if we had something happen, we could stop anywhere along the way from Atlanta, Georgia to Dallas, Texas, Las Vegas, Nashville, and Arizona. Those were the first five ones. Surprise, Arizona. Um, So uh, all of that to say Books and Travel USA kind of led us to NIRVC, well, my my current work with NIRVC. And it all kind of started with our first service appointment in November of 2021 in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, so we went in to get some repairs. We had a handful of minor things and one or two big things. And we actually, we were there for a wedding. Mm-hmm. We had family and friends we were seeing. It was great. So we mm-hmm. were dropping the rig off and we were staying in an Airbnb for a week. While With we our that. son. He so, flew in for the wedding. Yeah. It's like dropping Sorry. your car off kind of thing, <laughs> we thought. But we were there and we said, okay, we're going to drop it off again a week. Here's a ch- your punch list. Please, <sighs> you know, work this out. Yeah. Went through the, all the stuff. We came back and it did not go well. Our, it, our, was, it was bad. It was, yeah. 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 What did happen wasn't right. What didn't happen was disappointing, yeah. and it was just kind of a disaster. Yeah, we were we were upset <laughs> to say the, the the least, and and we basically hadn't achieved what we wanted to achieve there, and our rig basically sat there for the week and didn't get fixed, and so we were we were not happy. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was bad, and 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 there is an article about that experience. Not that I tore them up. I just while we were in. Atlanta doing all the things um, yeah. I mentioned. In the show experience. notes, we'll put the link. This is on the blog. This is well <laughs> well documented. In fact, you're going to hear this article comes into play into this story. Right. So. Well, so what was the best thing about? So it wasn't all bad. The one part that was the shining thing for me is we were, <laughs> we were sitting in the front of our rig. We were about to leave. We were discussing the situation with, with the rig. With the service advisor. With the service advisor sitting in there with us. And walking right in front of our rig was two of our favorite people from YouTube that are in RVs. All of a sudden, Russ goes, oh my gosh. It's Mark and Sue. That's right. I <laughs> jumped like, up and I said, what? it's Mark and Sue. My, my wife was very confused, even though she had watched them <laughs> but before. But I did know. Their YouTube channel is Our Journey in Miles. It's mm-hmm. awesome. We love Mark yeah. and Sue. Big friends of ours now, but at the time we did not know them. RV YouTube superstars. They are superstars. That we had been watching That's every right. week. So they walked by, they had their, their cameras and stuff, but they were just chatting because their rig was there to get fixed as well. Yeah. And they were there to also shoot some footage of the fixes going on. They were so we ran out and introduced ourselves to them and you know it was great they, they made it a little joke about why they thought they were being delayed because right our rig was in front of them they thought it was kind of funny and we got to spend a few hours chatting with them after that and it was really yeah. really nice so that was that was a highlight for me because you know you meet a few of your uh your your what you think are your online friends <laughs> <clears throat> they don't know you but you right. know them right 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 so, so right. it was great that i like that so that was awesome and then at the end of the day, we ended up leaving NIRVC and going to Stone Mountain, yeah. the camp, a campground nearby. And um, it, it was just a disaster what had been done, like I said, and what had not been done. Yeah. And um, we ended up going from Atlanta up to Spartanburg, South Carolina. This was right around Thanksgiving and Christmas. We were going up to Spartanburg to uh, 
to visit our daughter who was living in Spartanburg at the time. So we set off and yep. uh, we were we were really disappointed, but we didn't quite know what to do yet. Um, so Spartanburg, South Carolina, we get there, we are parking the rig in our spot. It was the end of November and I get a phone call while we're trying to park the rig. And so I let it go to voicemail because that's what you do when you're trying to maneuver this thing. Yep. Um, and then I listened to the voicemail message and it was from Brett Davis, who is the CEO and president of NIRVC. Not just NIRVC in Atlanta, but the whole thing. The five different service centers and dealerships and indoor storage facilities and the whole thing. This was Brett Davis calling. And, um, And he just left a really nice, genuine message. He said, I hear that you have had trouble at NIRVC in Atlanta. I would like to speak to you. I consider all feedback a gift. And I really want to see if we can make things right. Yeah. And so, which is funny because she got this message. We were, like she said, we were parking the rig and she said, Hey, I got this message and we played it. And, and I, so, so I asked, how did your reaction respond? Cause this is really funny. How did you respond? Well, when I first heard the message, I was, I was impressed. He sounded like a very nice man and that he had reached out. So that was, that was really neat. Yeah. But, and so, I did call him back and we did have a, well, we played phone tag a bit because it was in the holidays. I think he was traveling internationally or something. Um, But we did end up talking and, and he was, he was wonderful, but I was also just, I was so mad. You were over it. I was so mad at what had happened. And here he is like, I'm like, well, you want me to take my RV all the way back to Atlanta and waste another you know week. how how yeah. do we know that yeah. it's going to be any better because yeah. it was a disaster yeah and, and it's important because again we're working so taking it back right. is not like dropping it off and this was during the holidays and we had plans and all yeah. things to do but at the same time I was <laughs> I was like nah, no <laughs> she was like Why I don't want to do, do this that? <laughs> get it because I was angry at the beginning too but I you know I, I was like realizing like she just said this is like the owner president and CEO of the entire company calling her yeah. to try to make it right yeah. and so I said let's give him a chance because they're not this is not a just a support tech person calling to apologize for problems that didn't get fixed this is the the top person so I would say I was resistant at first, although he was He's, genuinely a nice he was. man. He was. And uh, Russ called it a... crap opportunity. <laughs> when things go wrong, but there's an opportunity to make it right, it's Look a crap for the opportunity. Good. That's right. Right. So we did return to NIRVC. Mm-hmm. We had to hit a couple of things while we were up there in, mm-hmm. in South Carolina. We did those things, and we mm-hmm. scheduled it, and we came back. And in fact, we had to warn them that, you know, hey, we're working. This is how this whole work-life balance came into play. Yeah. We're not dropping it off. Even when we did the, the wedding, I was working out of the, the Airbnb. Yep. So it was still a work situation. So we warned them, we're going to have a work situation. I don't want to pay for another Airbnb. 
So they hooked me up with, I got to go into their training room upstairs yeah. and they do have there. a customer lounge. Yeah. Um, they have a nice customer lounge, but at the same time, they offered Russ a quiet space so that he could work and be on I'm the Zoom. Loud. I'm yeah. very loud. Yeah. yeah. yeah he is loud. Yeah. Um, so they made the arrangements and we went back to NIRVC. Yeah. And I wrote about that experience on the blog. Yeah, check the show notes. You're going to see that that blog talks about the good and the bad. Actually, I should say the bad and then the good. And meeting Mark and Sue, too, yeah. Yeah, you'll read all of it. You'll see the photos and stuff. So if you get a chance, take a look at the show notes. Uh, The great blog article about it. it. So I wrote about it, and um, I wasn't angry or you know, mean or no. anything. It we was became, just as you a, said, what you call yeah. it, super fans, yeah. right? Turned we went into from raving super fans. We were angry we were, and we moved into super fans and then we left. We just left. That well, was it. We didn't meet Brett or anything, right? right? We just left. Well, and we were there for two days, basically. That's right. Was it yeah. you know, one overnight? Because we stayed inside the facility. I with thought it that was on cat. for two, but it might have been two. Anyway, so we were there for two days, two work days. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did, they they made everything right. And then some. They went yeah. over and above the list to fix things that weren't even on our list, which right. was fantastic. Right. Yeah. And they just, they did make it right. And there was a reason, and I wrote about that in that article, there was a reason for what happened. This was during COVID. There was a lot of turn, you know, yeah. a lot going on. But the, the, but the bottom line was they made it right. And we drove away from that. As raving super fans super for happy. NIRVC. That's right. Uh, so then. <laughs> what happened next? A little bit later, not too much later, um, I got another call from Brett Davis. <laughs> yeah. And he had read that article that I wrote. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> the bad and the good. Right. That's right. Very balanced. Uh, and. Um, yeah, he invited us to go down to Tampa, Florida, to the Tampa RV show, and meet him and NIRVC Angie, Angie Morell, the national sales director. She does all these great videos for NIRVC. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so he invited us to, to go down to the Tampa RV show and meet with them at the AIM tent. Oh, okay, the AIM tent. And apparently they, every night of the Tampa RV show, they were feeding people dinner and they'd have dancing and entertainment and and a whole thing every night. And and, uh, okay, we were headed to Central Florida anyway. Yeah. So we decided to go over to Tampa. And I don't remember all the details, but I ended up with a job as a guest blogger for NIRVC for their national blog. <laughs> yeah, and you actually were put in a specific category though that they were very excited yes. about. RV lifestyle. That's right. He asked me to write RV lifestyle articles in, um, for the NIRVC blog. Yeah. And um, because they have multiple bloggers there, you, if you go to the, they got a great blog. If you haven't read their stuff, they've got technical writers that'll tell you about mm-hmm. how some of the stuff works. But Sherry was hired on to be the lifestyle blogger because we are, again, we've described we're a little bit different, right? We're working, living, and traveling here, so it's it's not a vacation for us. And so there's a there's definite definite difference here. And she brought a unique st- style to it. If you if you get a chance to read the link in the article about what Brett liked, 
That's what he, he said he wanted more of that. Right? That voice. He wanted yeah. that voice. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, wow. Okay. So he, he brought up something <laughs> else. After in, inviting you to do that, what did he talk about? Uh, so then when we met with him in Tampa, him and, and uh, Angie, uh, they invited us to an AIM rally. And AIM is all-inclusive all in- motorhomes. Yeah, and we if you haven't heard previous ones, we've talked about it. We knew nothing about it at that time, not a thing. But they said we would love you to come and, and join one of these rallies. Tours, yeah. And remember, we're in Tampa, Florida at the time, okay? <laughs> <laughs> when she finishes the story, we're in Tampa right now, okay? And this AIM rally, um, which Angie characterizes as basically an all-inclusive cruise, but in your RV, Oh, okay. So, yeah, we ended up in uh, San Diego early March. Yeah, so we had to cross (laughs) country from Tampa to San Diego in a pretty short period of time, again, while we were working. In our RV. Yeah, so we had to make those stops all along the way, and that's the navigation problems that Sherry has to solve for us. Yeah. But it sounded fun. And the funny thing, it was was just before we were already planning to be in Arizona. We were for the FMCA rally, for our first FMCA rally in Tucson, Arizona. A week or two Later, we were supposed to be in, in Arizona for this other yeah. rally. So we said, okay, okay, we'll just go past that. We, go we to San left Diego, a little early. <laughs> and then we'll come backwards to Arizona. So mm-hmm. that's what we did. Yeah. So the, our first AIM, do we want to talk about that? Or, or Yeah. Okay. So our first AIM rally, um, it was amazing. Because what they do, it's four nights and five days Mm -hmm. at a really nice luxury RV resort. And this was at a sun resorts in, um, on San Diego Bay. Mm -hmm. Uh, so your camping is included. Your campground fees is included. All of the meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner are included. High end meals. These are really nice. Catered. Yum. And then they also have educational seminars and you're there with 100 uh, these are limited to 100 coaches. So at most, it's a group of 200 people. But they're all Class A motorhome, well, motorhome, motorized vehicle right. um, owners. So it was just so cool to meet all these people. And then they had educational seminars about about these. And we were still really new at the time. Yeah. So we learned a lot, we which did. was awesome. But then on top of all of that... They have these adventures, activities. And in San Diego at that AIM rally, what did we do? The uh, The first was the... Whale watching. We, we went on a three-hour whale watching cruise, the whole group. Um, and then the zoo for and dinner. Then, and then another activity, we got to go to the San Diego Zoo after they closed it down for the day. And they toured us all around in the, in the big double-decker buses. So yep. we got to see all the animals at sunset. And and then there was a catered meal. With the animals. At yeah. the San Diego They were all wandering Zoo. around. It was awesome. In an animal show. I, it was just incredible. Yeah. And then the, the best part. Night. The best part. <laughs> what was the best part? We got to go uh, for dinner and dancing on the deck of the USS Midway. The aircraft carrier that's, that's based live band, um, dancing, catered food. 
you get to walk around the air air deck and see it. It was awesome. It Downtown was awesome. San Diego. It was awesome. And so that so. was incredible. And this is all included. This is that part of, like like she said, it's like a cruise. So they give you the entertainment, the food, and where you're staying is all included in that price. It's great. Yeah. And it was actually less expensive than if we had, I think we went in a couple of days early, maybe three nights because mm-hmm. of the work schedule we needed to be set up and working. And this all started on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Anyway, the whole AIM thing was less expensive than the, like the three nights of camping or campground fees that we paid at yeah. that resort. Yeah. And the reason that is because they actually help fund it with the sponsors that come there. So Freightliner and a bunch of others help yeah. actually, and NIRVC, and they all actually contribute money. So your cost is actually low, but you get this amazing experience. Yep. Now we're a little off topic because oh, we, yeah. we okay. went way into this, but <laughs> it is important. We wanted to point, it's one of our favorite things that kind of started to sell us on a lot of uh, the people and the process of living on the road here. So Right. So... The end of, of this story is the, that um, almost two years later, I write for NIRVC, and we have the opportunity to travel with NIRVC and with the AIM Club on occasion, you know. Um, so we've, I've written about that. We've leveled up our, uh, our AIM Club there. <laughs> We're now lifetime AIM members. Yeah, baby. Which is very cool because it also comes with discounts and and service from NIRVC as well as the opportunity to to travel with them a bit. And that job of yours and the writing for NIRVC and the traveling with this organization and the AIM Club Mm -hmm. is really, we've met a lot of people because of that, right? Mm -hmm. Some really interesting people that also work and live on the road. Mm -hmm. And that's been extremely interesting of the kind of people that we meet. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been an interesting two years. <laughs> yeah. So if, if I try to tie it together, like uh, th- some of the, the, the top three things I think about from the work-life balance point of view is, you know, when you get on the road, you never know what you're going to have. We've talked about that. We never had the plan to do this. And so when we got on the road, we didn't know what was going to happen. And you never know what the opportunities are going to be put in front of you. And that was her job be, was never on the horizon, but boom, Mm-mm. it just appeared. In fact, it appeared because of some bad things that happened mm-hmm. and good people that we met. Mm-hmm. And yep. so the, the other thing is like, there's so many people that we've met doing very different jobs, right? Like you're, you're this writer and this have these ability to communicate, you know, the, 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 the storyline for NRVC. And I would say, too, there are a lot of opportunities for writers out there. There is. I mean, I'm writing for NIRVC, and pretty exclusively because I'm also working on our own blog, and now the podcast, too. Oh, that's right. But there have been several other um, opportunities to write for um, businesses and companies in the RV industry. Yeah. There's just a ton of opportunity for writers. Yeah, when you're actually doing the the traveling, the living, the working, people do want to work with you because you have a unique viewpoint. That's mm-hmm. what that's what got Sherry her job is they mm-hmm. loved her voice and what she was what she was living. And then the last part is, you know, being able to actually share these jobs and these interviews with these people we meet and the lifestyle that 
other people can have. We have our viewpoint, but we've met so many interesting people and we're excited to meet so many other people, right? Yeah. So our goal or our mission with our podcast, the RV Work-Life Balance podcast, is to, is to share what we've learned about work-life balance, but also introduce you to all of these other opportunities, the people and the things that they're doing and the opportunities that are out there. Because you never know, it might be something of interest to you. Yeah. And we have a lot of cool stories of people we've met, both, and mm-hmm. other YouTubers, too. We haven't even told you all the stories. We'll tell you those, that they have met so many people, too. So we keep hearing the same story that we have of connecting with people. But to kind of wrap it up, I really want to thank uh, all the listeners that have been with us on this uh, podcast journey here. Definitely check out the show notes. A lot of the links of the videos and the blog articles that Sherry's written will be there. Uh, And if you're new to this, please subscribe. We really thank you for joining us on the adventure here. And if you're not new, if you're one of our existing subscribers, guys, we love you. Thank you so much for following us in this adventure and for supporting us. Uh, Oh, I also want to mention that we love to hear from you. So please, please be in touch. And I guess the most important thing is to make your escape and get out here. Yeah. So are you ready? Let's Let's go. go.